What is up, Raider Crusaders? We are here for a special coronavirus COVID-19 issue of the Raider Crusader. Yes, we are. Basketball, Brad. I'm Matt. Uh, it's going to be a fun one today. Uh, yeah, we're we're um, switching it up a little bit. Um, Bradley and I talked um, the other day, and we were like, we noticed that, you know, with school out and, you know, obviously the effects of the virus, um, sports are going to be at an all-time low um, for the next couple of months. But then again, we didn't want to have that, you know, kill uh, kill what we have going on here um, on the Raider Crusader. So, uh, Brad, you want to kind of pitch the idea to the viewers? Um, yeah, so we definitely want to provide you guys some content. You guys are the greatest fan base, so, yeah. Gonna, we're gonna keep on keep on producing, but you know there's no sports to be done right now. So we thought uh, there are a few students that have made great efforts um, with relief programs uh, for COVID-19, raising money for essential workers or people who lost their jobs because of COVID and cannot make money. And we want to just applaud their efforts and and share what they've done because they're doing some pretty awesome things. And we also have an interview with an athlete whose season was cut short and he's going to talk about how, how that's affected him and his team and what they might need to look for for the future. Um, yeah. Essentially we're just trying to shed some, a positive light on like how Riverwood um, as a school has taken um, this, you know, weird and like unusual situation and made it uh, a positive, you know, yeah. um, how, how students have like, use this as an opportunity um, as far as like Riverwood students. And then we're going to talk about briefly with a special guest um, about how Riverwood did graduation. So um, yeah. yeah, just stay tuned and we're going to hop right into the interview. All right. To open up this special edition of the Raider Crusader, we're going to have the principal of Riverwood, Mrs. Smith on the podcast. Uh, this is her first year as principal at Riverwood and she's going to share um, kind of how Riverwood was impacted by the coronavirus, but how they as a staff took it and made it a positive situation. Hello, Miss Smith. Hey, dear. How are you? Good. How are you? How have you been keeping yourself busy during quarantine? Oh, gosh. I tell you, lots of work, Matt. Like a lot of work. So what have you been up to? Uh, I've been, you know, just hanging around the house, just trying to stay busy, um, you know, try and keep my mind busy, not fall into the trap of just staying lazy and yeah, just trying to stay busy as much as possible. That is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we can jump right into it. All righty. All right. So primarily why we asked you to be on the podcast was to provide some insight on how exactly COVID impacted Riverwood, but more importantly, how Riverwood use this time to respond in a positive way. So mm. kind of at the start, like what were your initial reactions when it was announced that school would be online for the rest of the semester? So um, I was here at the house whenever we, when we received the final call of, of that it actually was going to um, remain in, in the teleschool, um, remote learning that we were gonna remain in teleschool. And, and I was shocked, um, a little bit sad, um, there were so many emotions because for me, knowing that school means uh, relationships and connections and um, so many things for you all as students, 
the first thing that flashed in my mind was, how are they going to, you know, how are we going to be a community? How are we going to um, stay connected? How are we going to make sure that every kid, every student is not lost out there in the world? Like it just, everything just kind of flashed. But, but I realized um, very quickly that it was the absolute right thing to do um, because of where we were at that time. And it was so severe and a little bit scary for everyone. And so I think the safest place for everybody at the time was, was to be at home. Um, and then we just kicked it into gear. So, you know, we got, well, I got with my admin team, teachers, parents, and just kind of said, you know, now what, you know, what, what is it that we're going to do? How are we going to make, how are we going to make this work? And, um, we put a plan together and six, eight weeks later, here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. And me personally, I thought teleschool worked great, but, um, more personally, like how did being the principal at Riverwood change with teleschool? You know, it, it took me to um, a different place in terms of connections with people. Um, I found myself, um, as we are today, um, making more connections through Zoom calls and um, Microsoft Teams calls. And, um, you know, one of my biggest fears, and I shared this with my admin team right at the beginning of Teleschool, um, one of my biggest fears is that we would um, have a student that would come back in August that we had not seen or talked to over the entire course of, of being out. And so we all kicked it into gear to create um, the Tellerator What's Up uh, program or plan where um, our wonderful support staff led by Portia Shaw, who's our IST, she just pulled together every support teacher or every support staff member together and some teachers. And we divided up all the uh, students in the, um, in the school and we called them every two weeks and we did our best to try to reach them every two weeks. And what we found was that we were still unable to reach every single one all the time. They were faced with uh, sick families and um, homelessness and um, having to travel to go see sick folks. It, it just, it was so much of a place we had never been and it just weighed so heavy on me. But I kept driving this notion that we have to find our people, we have to find our kids. Right. Without kids, there's no school. And so for me, you all were the most important focal point out of all of it. Where are my kids? Are they learning? Are they happy? Are they eating? Right. Um, that's awesome that you, you know, y'all as a staff got creative in ways we could form community. Um, do you think teleschool was successful enough to be legitimately considered as an alternative if God forbid something like this were ever to happen again? So Matt, yeah, I do. Um, I was so impressed with um, just how quickly our staff was able to, to jump right into it. And, and of course, there's learning curves all over the board for all of us in terms of having to you know, teach through a remote learning plan. But for the most part, I felt like our teachers responded to the call. Um, what I'm hoping for, if we do have to uh, continue in this way, it, it, there's a chance that it very well could. You know, mm -hmm have to be responsive to where we are in the health of our country. And if it's not safe, then it's not safe. Right. What we are doing is preparing ourselves for any case scenario. And so whether we return back to school traditionally with some safe safety protocols and cleaning protocols, or we utilize the blended model of, of going back to school for a few days and teleschool a full days, or we have to go back full teleschool. No matter what, we're in the preparation stages of doing better 
with what we um, put out or put through last time. And I think we did a fantastic job. But for me, I'd like to see an increase of face-to-face um, -face video teaching and supporting teachers with being able to get out in front of kids. If we have to roll back into this, I think the students are going to miss our teachers even more. And so what better way to create a connection, even as we're making here, like I'm, I'm just, my heart beats just to be able to see your face, like it's awesome. So, you know, how can we support our staff and teachers to be able to teach um, through tools that allow them to visually have connections with kids and be able to offer differentiated support for, for different learning levels for our students. But I was thrilled. Our teachers, we had a Vanguard team that was second to none, who supported the staff across the board with any questions that they needed um, in, in regards to instructional technology. So yes, I was very pleased as a principal. Right, I, I thought it was awesome, just kind of how we all got creative and you know, form, we're able to form a community. Um, so now, you know, I feel like graduation was kind of the first thing I thought of when I knew that um, school was going to be online, like how are we going to do it? And I was proud to say that Riverwood was able to on, honor the seniors with the graduation. Um, I saw some uh, pictures on social media and the whole process seemed to go smoothly, uh, but while most importantly, uh, remaining safe. So could you discuss kind of how the whole graduation process worked and what precautions were taken to remain safe? Yeah, so for you, it was graduation, but for me, it was prom. I was like, oh my God, my parents bought their dresses and their tuxedos. So, um, so nonetheless, but, but graduation was a very, very, very close second. Um, just like anything that I try to approach, Matt, Matt I, when there's a, a challenge, I try to, to think about what are the goals that we want to come out of this particular endeavor? So that we don't, you know, I try to do that so that we don't get ourselves so... Um, um, disjointed from the mission that we're trying to accomplish. So for this particular mission, um, you know, it was very important to me for two things, that parents got a chance to see their students walk across the stage and that I got a chance to hand them their diploma. So that's where the plan then, you know, came together. Scott Kent, brilliant mind, came up with this idea of us hiring an outside production company because we were in such a time, um, you know, block, a short, shortened time frame to be able to try to pull it all off. You know, yes, uh, we have an amazing um, uh, media technology department, but we were trying to do something on a larger, larger, much larger scale. So we brought in Skywork Films uh, Media uh, uh, Production Company out of Roswell, and they were fantastic, and they just started the idea you know in the ideation stage what can we do what can we how do we get the kids across the stage when well, we build a stage well what can we, can we make it out can, does, can it be on the field no it can't be on the field because of construction so it has to be on in the front of the school so we just continue to work the plan and then mr bergen um and, and mr kent had thoughts of instead of us announcing why don't we let the parents announce mm -hmm. awesome is that instead of us being in front of the camera or and, and so give parents a part of the, of the experience. And Matt, I tell you, every time I look back at those beautiful faces, the diverse faces, the shades of colors of people that represent Riverwood and represented our school on that, those days, it brings tears to my eyes because when will you ever at a graduation be able to have that moment as a mom, right. as, as an aunt, as an uncle, 
to either be in front of the camera or to be in England or Spain and be able to experience that for your, for your family member. So I think we made the best out of a really difficult situation. And it was on the backs of our PTSA, our parents, our teachers, our support staff volunteering their time to come and be a part of something so magical. Um, and, and you know, up until that point, I wasn't satisfied. I just was not. But after the fourth day, and my face was sunburned pretty, pretty badly, and everybody else was sunburned, we were satisfied. Right. We were happy. We were, we were happy. And I've talked to a few seniors, and they felt honored. I think that's the most important. Oh, that's great. Um, to honor the seniors for their hard work um, mm -hmm. for their four years. So um, just kind of in closing, I won't keep you long. Um, do you have any messages or thoughts to give our listeners on how they can stay safe or even help the community during these troubling times? So um, there's so much um, going on in the world. There's so much on television, on social media, you know, that can um, create anxiety and fear and, and, and a sense of unsettlement across the board. And, but for me, um, you know, I first want to speak to the rising ninth graders, 10th and 11th grade, you know, our, our rising underclassmen or students. Um, continue to prepare yourselves for, for what's coming ahead. Quite know what it's going to look like, Matt. We don't know if it's going to be full teleschool or a blended model, or we return traditionally with some safety measures. We haven't gotten there yet, but we need to prepare ourselves for whatever that situation is. Whether it's engaging in summer reading for if your class, we get ready to to release the link um, today or tomorrow for the summer reading um, um, list for the some of the classes at Riverwood. Um, whether it's picking up your favorite book and, and staying ahead of the game in terms of, of, of just being connected to learning, um, not getting so far away from what we're trying to do because we already missed a little chunk of learning and school life at the end. And we don't wanna open up the year already so far behind because we didn't um, give ourselves a, an opportunity to learn a little something over the summer. So I just say, you know, stay in, stay close, um, be safe and responsible. Um, this, this is not anything to play with. It's very, very serious, but there are, there are ways to keep yourself safe. Wear your mask, wash your hands. Right. You know, we don't have to run scared or run fearful. We just have to be smart about the choices and things that we do and make. Um, and enjoy family. What a perfect time to be able to enjoy family. I know we played uh, with my family the other day, Monopoly, and I thought, I haven't played this game in years. Um, and I didn't win, so, you know, they just kind of, me. so I'm ready to get back to the Monopoly table. But, but nonetheless, just, just have fun with your families. Enjoy the summer. Wait for my messages to see what we're going to actually do for the new year. Know that our district leaders are going to make the best decision possible to keep you all safe. Whatever it is, right. if full teleschool, if it's blended, whatever it is, they're going to make the best decision possible to keep our kids safe. And then from there at Riverwood, we're going to take those directions and create the absolute most incredible plan moving forward for teaching and learning. Well, thank you, Ms. Smith. That was awesome. Um, you're doing a great job as principal at Riverwood. And uh, just thank you for coming on the podcast. That was great. Thank you, Matt. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, dear. 
Next up, we have Ashley Wong. She is a rising senior at Riverwood, and she started a program called Food for the Frontlines, which brings support to healthcare workers. And um, in the interview, we kind of ask her about what she's doing, where she got her ideas, and um, how people can help support. Ashley, what's up? Hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? Thank you for uh, doing the podcast with us. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's really fun. All right. Could you give us like a short and brief summary of like what your project is and like what exactly you're trying to like accomplish? Okay. Um, for my project, we're giving back to the healthcare workers and hospitals and we're doing this by selling shirts that we're hand making and um, we're just raising funds to buy a bunch of meals and to say thank you to these healthcare workers who are working so hard. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so what made, what made you feel compelled to help? Why did you decide to get um, Well, I guess my dad played a part in it because he just opened a restaurant and then like all of a sudden he came home one day and he was like, uh, we're donating a bunch of food to the hospitals. And I was like, oh really, that's really cool. And then I just found myself having a lot of free time doing nothing at home. And I really mm -hmm. wanted to do something when everyone else is struggling during this coronavirus, so yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Um, That's awesome. Have you like done anything like this in the past or like what kind of gave you the idea to do something? Um, I mean, I guess you could say it's similar to it, but after Hurricane Maria hit um, Puerto Rico, I like sent care packages to families who were impacted by the hurricane and I raised money for that too. So I don't know if it's similar, but it's kind I, of the same I'd idea. I'd say that's similar. That's yeah, and involved in philanthropy work. It's, um, so how successful has it been? How many, how many healthcare workers have you helped? Um, um, we've helped 300 healthcare workers. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, just kidding. Sorry. We're going to help 300 healthcare workers, but so far we're about to do 150. And then the next one, next time we do it again over the summer, is going to be like around 300. Okay, so y'all are y'all are planning to continue this over the summer and yeah. So that's, like that's, yeah. that's really good. Um is there like an end goal for the project at all or like how or like is is it going to continue after the virus or like how like what what's like the end goal of the project? Um the end goal is just to do it till I guess whenever we feel like we're going to run out of funds or like no one's going to like donate to us or buy shirts. But I don't know if it would continue after the virus. Possibly, though, because I feel like what I've learned from this is that outside of, like, treating COVID-19 patients and outside of, like, this whole pandemic, healthcare workers don't get the recognition they deserve for helping us so much, you know? True. Yeah. Hopefully that has changed because I think people have heard a new respect for healthcare workers. Um, so how can our listeners get involved and help if they want to? Um, if they want to help my project, they can go to our Instagram at food for the frontlines and they can um, donate or they can buy a shirt, but they can also go to like food banks and help and um, volunteer there and help organize donations or donate any foods or whatever they want to do. So that's what I've been doing. That's that's really cool that you've um, just kind of taken it upon yourself to help out. And, you know, like not everyone is like just sitting around doing nothing um, in quarantine. Like people like you and many others are like using this time to really 
help help out and you know uh bring support so yeah yeah we the just want way to, uh, I see it is like we're never going to get this kind of time again to do whatever we want because mm-hmm. you know it's like the whole world is on pause and we finally yeah. have to do something mm-hmm. for ourselves or like for our community so yeah that's right. how it's awesome it. awesome that you're giving back because a lot of people are taking this time just you know do whatever they want to but it's very cool to help make the world a little bit better yeah thank you uh do you have like how big like do you have like a team together or like how like how many people are involved and could you just like shine a little light on that yeah um so ahil lalani helped me like start it i gave him the idea and then we started like making like i guess financial plans you would call it and we like made a Google spreadsheet and then we calculated everything and how many shirts we'd have to sell, et cetera, et cetera. And then I told my friends about it and Murphy and Bergen really wanted to help out. So they took on the jobs of packaging everything and making notes for the people who bought shirts. And then I told more people and then Lily reached out to me and she said that she recently like bought an embroidery thing, like needles and the uh, little set so she wanted to help make the shirts which helped a lot because there's a lot of orders yeah that's cool so y'all are taking the money that has been like donated or you received from the shirts and then you're using that money to give food to healthcare workers is am i hearing that right yes that's awesome that's really cool thank you um yeah i think that's about it that's about all we want to ask um do you want to like close it off okay um i think that people can really help by donating to food banks like i'm really putting an emphasis on that because a lot of people are running out of food when they don't have money during this time or we have a local food bank called um sandy springs solidarity food pantry and it was recently open to like help everyone in this community and they like always have a line going around the building um, because so many families need help. Um, You could always help our project or even Timmy's project because I know you guys are going to be interviewing him, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, you can just stay home because I know a lot of people are going to the river to hang out and Mm -hmm. that's just not good. There's so many people there. Yeah. Well, thank thank you for uh, thank you again for get, getting on the podcast, Ashley. It's, I think you know the listeners are really gonna like this episode, and yeah, just thank yeah. you for all you're doing. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. Proud of you, Ashley. Good job. Bye. Lastly, on the podcast, we have Timmy Adams, a rising senior at Riverwood. He started a program called Project Nineteen, which is a fundraiser for um, a food bank and a a coronavirus relief fund. And the best way to get involved with his project is through his Instagram, which is spelled P-R-O-J-X-C-T dot 19. Everything you need to know is there and uh, we'll get on with the interview. All right, Timmy, could you give us a little intro of like who you are, you know, uh, where you go to school? Um, what grade you're in? All right, my name is Timmy Adams. I go to school at Riverwood International Charter School, and I'm about to be a senior. Could you just kind of give us a short um, summary of like how you're helping uh, the community right now? Um, yeah, just kind of. So about basically, that. yeah. So I started this project it's called Project 19, and you heard it. You know, Ashley, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she had her um her like idea, her project um food for the front line. So basically, I gave her a shirt idea, but she couldn't use it because like you know it kind of had like profanity on it. I guess she didn't want it. So like I just kind of like took the idea and like used it and made a sticker and stuff and like badge and iron on badges. And I thought we raised the money and we can um you know donate it to a food bank and a COVID nineteen relief fund. So so far we've raised a lot of money. And two of my friends, they don't go to our school, they go to my old school, Loyola High School. Their name is Joshua James and Nala Mellon. They've also helped me heavily with this project. So yeah. So um so what gave you the idea to uh to help the community? Why'd you get well like I just you know, it's hard times for everybody and I really want to get involved and like I just hated like sitting in my house feeling like I couldn't do anything to like help out there. Like when I grow up, I, I want to be like, um, I want to be in the healthcare field and I want to help people. So I just wanted to like help people as much as I could now. So I thought, what better way than raising money? So yeah. Cool. So kind of what Project 19 is, is like you're making, what, what is like the main thing you make? Is it like stickers? Okay, so we make, yeah, we make stickers and iron patches. So, you know, like patches you can on your book bag and like, you know, Mm-hmm. Your clothes or whatever. So yeah, we have stickers and iron patches. They're like two dollars for the stickers and four dollars for the patches. So yeah, those are basically what we're going for. Cool. And where exactly is like the money going? You said is it like a? Okay, so we have a COVID nineteen fund that we haven't picked yet, and we have um we're donating to um a food bank in Henry County. It's called United Food Forces. We haven't picked our COVID nineteen fund relief yet. We just want to see how much money we raise first, and then we'll yeah. divide each of it equally. Yeah. We've already passed our initial goal, which is wonderful. So we're trying to figure out how much we're going to get to, and then we'll figure out how we're going to split the money and which um which relief fund we're going to pick. So yeah. Awesome. What was the initial goal that you passed? Our initial was two hundred, so we've already doubled that. We didn't really we didn't really know what to expect from it. So yeah. Um yeah. So right now we're at like four thirty right now. So and you know we haven't even sold out our our stickers and patches yet, and we still we're thinking about dropping two more two more designs. So. Okay, so that's that. awesome. We posted them one on IG. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So, is there like an end goal for the project at all, or like how? Um, when will you know that like the project has been successful, or has it already been successful in your? Oh, it's already been more than successful. We're just kind of. I think we're gonna wait till like the end of May, to then you know maybe this all when we sell out. It's either one of those two. So, we're gonna wait for then, and then however much we total, we're just gonna use that and then donate that. And yeah, so we're just kind of waiting for the end of the month. So you already surpassed uh, your beginning goal. Have you have you thought about, you know, what you want to try to get to, like setting a new goal for yourself? Yeah, we're trying to hit 600 now. You know, we're only 200 away. So we think 600 is a reasonable goal. So, and like, I don't know, with like we haven't even sold our figures, so we can make even more than that. But a lot, of, more, a lot of people have been donating more than buying. So we just don't know like where to aim for exactly. But 600 is our, is our next door right now, yeah. Awesome. So, um, could you kind of tell us, like, how could we get involved? How could the listeners get involved and help support? Yeah, so you, you can visit our website, which is projxct and slash 19.myshopify.com. And then you can also go on our Instagram, which is project19, spelled the same way. So would it be better to support your um, pro- to support Project 19 by donating, or would it be better to support through like buying? A, a Either one works. Either one works. It's, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. You can donate, 
or you can buy a pass, whichever one. You know, there's many donation prices. You can donate a dollar, you can buy a pass, which is two I mean you can buy a sticker which is two dollars, a pass is four dollars, you can donate ten dollars, you can donate twenty dollars. Any anything anything counts, any doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, do you have any other other ideas for how people can get involved, even if it's not through Project 19, if people want to start their own kind of philanthropy work? Um, just figure out what you want to do and make sure you reach out to the community. Try to, you know, get involved. Um, pick pick an organization to donate to, you know. Um, yeah, just anything that you want to do, really. Just make sure you get involved. If you have any questions, you can contact me as well or any of my members. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Timmy. And, uh, yeah. Glad, glad you could help us out here. And I, I yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for what you're doing with the communities. Really good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's going to wrap up this special edition of the Raider Crusader. Again, want to thank uh, Miss Smith, Ashley, and Timmy for joining the podcast for this segment. Um, really great to see how Riverwood has made um, this kind of terrible situation uh, a positive one and use it as an opportunity. So that, that about wraps it up and we'll see you next time.